And we are back on our last episode of the post game for the semester. Whoop, whoop. I am your host, Charlie DeSterco. Glad to be here alongside Ryan Tab and AJ Gersh. How we Ryan, doing? How we Ryan, doing? welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm uh, still not 100%, but uh, I'm good enough to be back in the studio. Yes, and uh, I hate to break it to you, but uh, me and AJ might have had our, our best show yet. We so. did, we did. It was it honestly was the most steadily flowing show that we've had all semester, and I might happen to know the reason. Yeah. And what would that be? I think it was you. <laughs> it was? Well, I listened in, and I, I would have to agree it was a really good show. <laughs> nah, um, we're, we're, nah, we're playing. We're playing. Yeah. No, it was a really good show, though, and uh, we should definitely build on that this week. Yes. Going to the off-season to get some good work in. Yep. And, you know, uh, practice. be back next year did you, better did than you, ever. Actually, here's a, here's a fun thing. You probably don't know this yet. Me yeah, and AJ are you interning at the same place same next place. summer. Really? This yeah. summer, Where? at summer. NBC Sports Washington, catch myself, AJ Gersh, and my boy, Charlie Desterco. At NBC Sports, well, I remember you guys flying. So congrats on getting the internship. Yeah. I just didn't realize so he, both he's he's a broadcaster it. on the writer. We're just chilling wow. right now. Yep, I yep. love that. I love that. Well, but, congrats to you. And, boys. and that's our off-season workout. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to be putting in the work for for coming back into the fall. We're going to be we're going to be making podcasts without you, basically. Yeah, co- all summer, coming back like, huge. That's fine. Coming back that's huge. Fine. You guys can make <laughs> inferior <laughs> content without me. And when you guys ever find your skills enough to be on air and be on mic with me, let me know. All I'm right. Not well, to your level. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well. All right. No. I guess. I guess. Let's just. Let's just dive right in because now you're making me sad. Um, but okay. So I mean, big NFL draft this past week. Uh, the only all NFL of us. Draft. The, the biggest. The biggest one. one. Might, the only one, one might say. Well, I mean, it, it was far superior than the NBA playoffs. Um, was it? Yeah. yeah. I, I feel oh, like yeah. it. It totally overshadowed oh. everything that happened in the sports world this week because yeah. of the excitement and the craziness. I, I think that this was one of the most entertaining NFL drafts that I've seen. Well, in I agree years. with that. Totally, you agree. can't beat a game seven with LeBron. So, oh, but yeah, but that that was at the tail end of the week. But very true. But just just to, to start talking, we all said we all gave our picks before this show, um, right. or before last, or at last week's show, and I said that this, the Browns were going to go Sam Darnold. AJ agreed, and and you said Saquon Barkley. No, no, no. AJ said Barkley. I said Darnold. Oh, you said Barkley. You said Darnold. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. So both of you guys, um, obviously, we were all wrong. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> don't pin May- this on us. You were wrong, <laughs> yeah, too. We were, we were all wrong. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, number one to the Jets. Um, or, wow, Browns. I wanted him to go to the Jets. Uh, so I guess, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, I thought this was this was the smart pick. I thought Baker Mayfield's the best player in the draft. I wanted the Jets to get him so bad. I see a flair of a quarterback. We talked about this last week, AJ. So I guess I'm curious of, of Ryan's thoughts, because you weren't here to talk a little bit about Baker. Yeah, I mean, I like Baker a lot. I think he's got one of the highest ceilings in this draft as far as quarterbacks are concerned, but everyone also knows he's got a potentially very low floor. So did the Browns kind of gamble on the guy? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think character concerns are kind of blown out of proportion as far as the NFL is concerned, and so his weaknesses may have been more tailored towards his personality and not towards his actual capabilities on the field. So I I think the Browns made a great pick. Um, We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. I definitely think this could potentially be a franchise-turning pick, but also potentially not because that franchise is a shambles. We talked a lot last week about how much we liked Baker Mayfield and how much we thought he was actually going to pan out – I guess a lot of people had a lot of speculation whether to, if he is going to be, is if he has enough talent and enough, I, we know he has the drive, but if he is big enough, if he's NFL ready enough to go number one overall, I guess the Browns actually thought that that was feasible. Right. And, and yeah. I can see him becoming their, their 
cornerstone of their franchise. Uh, I, I thought this was a great pick, but honestly, if I was the Browns, I would have picked Saquon Barkley. I mean, and then gotten a quarterback at four. But I, I'm, I'm not mad at the Browns for picking Baker at Mayfield at number one. And we were talking a lot last week, saying how I thought the Browns were going to mess it up, how they were going to, you know, follow in the footsteps of their franchise's history and pick someone who is just completely out of the ballpark. Yeah. Um, but but I think Baker is actually a good pick. So, so the first you think t- that Barkley was the best prospect in the draft overall? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, and he's we, we, we talked about a, a lot about this last week, but I totally think that Barkley is the most NFL-ready player, the most talented player overall uh, in this draft. Right. And I thought that if the Browns were to pick him number one overall— and then get a quarterback at number four. They were still getting number one, the best player in the draft, and number two, a uh, need-based position. But, but but then theoretically speaking, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold would Darnold would have gone to the Giants, and Baker would have gone to the Jets. So then you're looking at Josh Rosen or Josh Allen at four. Uh, and, and and to me, I, I think you I had don't to take think it's a lock that that would have happened. I think there's a very real chance that uh, Darnold or Mayfield as well would have fallen to that. Well, I see. Game. I think that the Giants were set on taking Saquon Barkley. Uh, right, if he was available. But if, if the Browns had taken gone, him, I think they there's would have gone real Darnold. Chance. You think so? Yeah, I think okay. they would have gotten their quarterback for the future. They drafted one out of Richmond. Um, they, I'm not disagreeing that they would have the taken draft. a quarterback. I'm just saying. You, you think, think who do you think they, you think they would have taken sure. Rosen? Uh, Rosen may, maybe, could have made sense. Maybe I think that he's a little bit better suited to play more like an Eli Manning um, as far as the fit with that team. The yeah. Jets I don't think would have. The Jets probably still at the next pick would have taken either Sam or Baker, whichever right. one's available. And then, Correct. So I don't think. I mean, I think if I'm the Browns, I would have. I would have figured that at least. Excuse my voice crack. My voice is still very hoarse. But if I'm the Browns, I still would have figured that maybe one of those top three prospects was still going to be available at four. So I agree with you, AJ. I think you go after the best player available at one and whoever's left so at four. So now, here's my thing on, on why you just don't go Saquon Barkley number one. I think he's the most talented player in the draft. But a quarterback changes a franchise. A running back, like as good as he is and as good as we see, you know, our Le'Veon Bells and Adrian Petersons of the world, there are so many of them that go like Le'Veon Bell who went in later rounds. You don't need a, a running back like, like Saquon Barkley when you can get a guy like Nick Chubb in the second round who could be just as big of a game changer or Darius Geis who fell even farther. Yeah, I agree with you in that regard that the quarterback as, as a position, obviously, and no one would argue that the quarterback's a less impactful position. It's, it's the maybe the single most important position in all of American sports. Yeah. Um, but just from the perspective that there were four, and really for me, I don't look at Josh Allen as a legitimate NFL quarterback prospect yet and warranting a top 10 pick. So if, if I'm a fan of any of these of any of these teams, I'm okay with really any of the three better quarterbacks in this draft. And I think that there's a chance you get one of them at four. So that's totally. the difference for me. Totally. There's only one Saquon Barkley well, yeah, there's if three you, quarterbacks if you take, I'd be happy if you with. Take, I mean, if exactly. you're the Browns and you take Saquon Barkley one, then you're going to get one of the three best quarterbacks. Right. And I'd be right. okay but. as a fan with any three of those quarterbacks. Yes, I'd have preferences, but I'd be okay with anyone. Yeah, I, I know you're, you're big on Rosen. But I'd also be okay with with Baker, and I'd love exactly. Baker. And Darnold, honestly, I would be okay with exactly. And I, I and I truly think that if they didn't pick Baker at number one, he probably would have been available at he, number four. I don't well think so. Be. I think the Jets you would have taken well. Well, three. regardless, regardless, they would have gotten probably him or Darnold or Rosen. It depends. The the Giants might have traded down too. We never we never know what would have happened. You never you, you really never know. But what what I'm trying to say is exactly what Ryan Taking brought up. Chances. And you need to, you need to pick the best player in the draft. But but I, I do like Baker Mayfield. I think they wanted him from, from the get-go, and they got their guy. It was the first time where I said, wow, at a Browns pick, and it wasn't a, wow, what are they thinking? Exactly. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. I was like, wow. I was I was sad. I was like, damn, like, Baker Mayfield's not on the Jets. That's a great pick. Like, okay, Browns. He has I the see fla- what you're doing. He has that's the, the flair. Kind of, yeah. that, that's what you want, and I, I think Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold both would have fit perfectly in New York 
in the big media. Baker thrives with with all the spotlight, and Darnold was an LA quarterback, and now he's in New York. Both quarterbacks would have seen that's perfectly. worked in the past. Yeah, Mark, well, Sanchez. Mark Sanchez was good for two or three I know, years. I know. I'm just he kidding. took him to the AFC, back-to-back AFC Championship. Yeah, but the Buffalo ended Jets his career. They did have Ladainian Tomlinson, and that team was a lot. Well, they had Sean Green in the beginning, yeah. and then LT at the tail end. But I mean, the, I mean, and the defense was as That's good as you can get. Yeah. But I mean, the Browns finally look like they're putting it all together. They they made big offseason additions. They have Tyrod Taylor. They have. Baker Mayfield now, so so obviously battle throughout the season. Well, let's qualify that putting it all together for the Browns is like they're going to yeah. get four or five wins. This no, year. I, I, honestly, Maybe. I honestly, I if I had to like put down my money, I'd put it on over six or seven wins. I, well, I, I'm curious what the for the I'm Browns. Gonna, yeah, for the Browns. I wonder if I can find a future on like what their what their over unders are. AJ, you, you want to pull, pull the site? Yeah, I can. I can. I can pull it up. Yeah, see I wonder if they have it. If it's if it's up yet because what the over under because is think about wins. it right now they have a, now they have decent quarterbacks. Tyrod Taylor was was solid in Buffalo and he'll be a solid. Uh, little break between until Baker Mayfield's ready. Okay. Then, then at running back, you have Carlos Hyde, you have Nick Chubb, and you have uh, Duke Johnson Jr. That's a good running back yeah. trio. Then you have Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon on the wide wideouts. Right. David Njoku at tight end. Yeah, their offense. They're, their they're offense finally, is stacked. And, their defense, and, and then and, and they got Miles Garrett. And they and they and just they, they just added up a, the, the Denzel corner. Ward exactly. Denzel and they Ward. and they added another defensive back this offseason. Right. So, so they're starting to make moves. They are starting to make moves. I could see them picking up, you know, five, six, seven wins potentially. That obviously is a pretty tough division. You know, Steelers are, are good. The Ravens yeah, are always competitive. Of course. Bengals are always competitive. Um, but but in reality, this team has vastly improved. improved. Oh yeah, vastly different improved. team. I mean, I see this as a it's five a totally win different team, team. But that's five hundred percent more wins than they've had in the past two years. <laughs> yeah, that's a really right. big step step up. Right, I, I think that they have a yeah. lot, of, a lot to look forward to. And then moving, moving to the number two pick, Saquon Barkley. I don't, I don't even think we really have to talk about. Right, this. we kind of just did. We just did. It, it, the it, smartest the pick. They needed the running back. They needed the best player in the draft. They got that. Now Eli Manning doesn't get rushed all the time because they have a legitimate run game. Uh, and he has an, he has an, what one two more years before depending you know, on what kind of pressure guy. Barkley can legitimately take off of him. He, I think we could see Eli extend his career further than we expect. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a legitimate yeah. chance that he kind of returns to the Eli we've become accustomed to. And then at number three, Sam Darnold. We talked about this too. Um, I'm just curious how you guys think he fits in the Jets. I think obviously a lot of the analysts thought Darnold was the best quarterback prospect, and and obviously me and me and you both thought he was going number one. I thought Baker was the better. Uh, quarterback, but I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, L.A. All, yeah, like, no, I agree. So uh, we agreed on the fact that that he was going to go number one when we predicted that, but I didn't think he was going to go number one because he's the best prospect. I thought he was going to go number one because he was going to get picked number one. Yeah. Like, that was the only reason I was predicting that. Um, and I've said it before on the show. My perspective on Darnold is that of of maybe the four quarterbacks who are legitimate first round talents, top ten talents in this draft, I think he's the worst one. Um, and the way I qualify that is that essentially, and, and that's aside from Josh Allen. I mean, I really think he's better than Josh Allen without a doubt. Um, but to me, and I've said But Josh that, Allen has big hands and he's 6'5". We're going to get to Josh Allen. Don't you worry. We're going to get to Josh <laughs> Allen because I have a lot of things to say about Josh Allen. Um, I, you, speaking of which, you know those like tweets that are like, you know, fellas, you have $5 to build the perfect wife or whatever. Yeah. So no, the, you, you, it, here, here's how it goes. It's, it's, you have 15 bucks to build the perfect quarterback. Right, and that's and, the one and, I saw. And there's 300 bucks for for complete amazing accuracy, 200 bucks for uh, 
for just complete game vision. He's a, he's a game changer. And then you got five bucks for big hands, five bucks for he's six five, and five bucks for he looks good in shorts. And you know, <laughs> if you're going for all three of those, if you're adding up to fifteen, you got the perfect quarterback in Josh Allen. Yeah, I just found it. it says, ladies, you have fifteen dollars to spend on the perfect man. Three hundred dollars works out. Two hundred dollars smart. Four hundred dollars smells nice. Seventy dollars has a job. Two dollars looks good in shorts. Two dollars has big hands. One dollar has a rocket arm. Ten dollars is named Josh Allen. Five hundred dollars nice family. Um, I thought I just I mean, my favorite thing about Josh Allen, you know, draftjoshallen.com. All this stuff has been the humor oh, yeah. out of it. But back to Darnold. Sorry to uh, detour like that. I just think that for four or five plays a game, Darnold is the best player in this draft. But there are so many more yeah. plays in every single game. So I've said it when he needs to make a play on third down, when he needs to improvise. Oh my goodness. Sam Darnold has an amazing talent. But for the rest of the game, when he's just trying to carry a routine drive up and down the field, I don't think he's the best guy for that. So, yeah. So I think the Jets got a really interesting pick. Yeah, we talked we I mean, yeah, we talked about this a lot. Yeah. He's a, he he turned the ball over the most in division one, two, and three football. Right. He 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 is a liability at times on the field. And that was something that we didn't see with Baker. Baker was the most efficient quarterback. Josh Rosen. One of the most efficient quarterbacks ever. 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 Yep. He had the number one in two seasons since Pro Football Focus started tracking most efficient quarterbacks right. in college football. And then Sam Darnold comes in. He absolutely destroys Penn State in the Rose Bowl two years ago. Then this past year, he looks okay. Yeah. And, you know, he has the talent. He has the arm strength. He's great on the run. Big Ben-esque flair of a body. Um, it all depends on just... You know how he's coached. If he can limit the turnovers, if he can limit the turnovers and and become a solid quarterback, consi- like as far as consistent, it's consistency, consistency wise, he might be the best quarterback in the draft. Right, but to me, that's such a big if. Like, if this guy can get rid of his glaring flaw, he'll be good. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he, his, his line wasn't as good at USC, totally. so you just got to hope that an NFL line can actually protect him. Sure. The Jets, but- obviously, you know, they still have. Places to work on as uh, far right, as and I'm not line goes, and I'm not saying there's no reason to believe Sam Darnold's going to be good. Like I said, if I'm a fan of any of these teams and my team drafts Darnold, I have plenty of reason to, to be, be happy, yeah. and to be looking forward to the future. I just think there's a lot you have to justify about him, and for that reason, I wouldn't have taken him. I think you have the, I think there's a lot GM. to justify for every single quarterback, but Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen. I see. <laughs> I I disagree with that, but but I mean, yeah, obviously they're the they were the two, two top quarterbacks, Darnold and Mayfield, and it was a matter of who they were going to go one, who was going to go three. Right. And then you look at number four. This shocked me. I don't know about you guys. Denzel Ward, number four, cornerback out of Ohio State. I thought Minka Fitzpatrick or Bradley Chubb was going here. I thought, right. you know, you put Bradley Chubb on the other line alongside Miles Garrett, and oh man, if, do you have a man. I was thinking that the whole time. Bradley Chubb would have been the perfect choice, but obviously they, they got the player that they wanted. They want the next Joe Hayden. But do you think do you think he's better than Minka Fitzpatrick? That you know, I, I, I love Fitzpatrick, and I love what he's been doing uh, with Alabama. Yeah. Um, but and, and he has absolutely been a stud for them. He's been the cornerstone of their defense. But but I really think that Ward is, is one of those players that can completely change a franchise as well. It's they're, they're the same type of guy. Uh, it's just a matter of who who your franchise prefers more. It, it, I I you can't mess up with either of them honestly. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. You can't mess up with either of them. They're great they're both great defensive backs. They're both going to be studs in the NFL in my opinion. Um and I I honestly think the Browns had a pretty decent draft. No, they definitely yeah, they did. Had. I really think Ward is just slightly NFL more NFL ready yeah, day one. Exactly. Uh, as far as having the body and the strength to compete, I, I think maybe that's 
why they went that direction, especially as, and you you guys know this, like when an NFL team takes a lineman on either side of the football, um, that first season doesn't really count. Unless because, you're Joey Bosa. For the most part, right, because it takes so long to get up the strength um, yeah. to, to compete with guys at that size, whereas like a defensive back can come in and have an impact right away yeah. if they're prepared for oh, it. Yeah. So I think maybe that's part of what they're thinking too. Is we just want to get our value ASAP, and we'll handle next year's team next year. And then, and then you go ahead. You look at Bradley Chubb goes five to Denver. Great pick. Uh, for this them. this was this was something that I was shocked at, but I was like, this makes sense. It, it works. Oh, it it works. was. I thought quarterback. I thought Josh Allen. I was like, they're going him number five, and they go with Bradley Chubb. Now, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on your on your on your pass rush. That's Crazy. scary. Right. Well, it's, 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 scary. it's what you're talking about with Miles Garrett. The potential was there, and now you've got it with Von Miller, Super Bowl MVP Von yeah. Miller. Now you have, you, I mean, Von Miller's arguably the be- one of the best, if not the best, pass rusher in right. the NFL. Well, so when I, I was uh, actually, I was leaving a comedy show that I went to on campus when, uh, as the draft was going on, and I'm, I'm walking around campus with my friends, and one of them is just kind of keeping us updated on each pick. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, number five, he tells me that the Broncos went Chubb. And I was like, oh my goodness. John Elway is insane. He took Nick Chubb at number five <laughs> in the NFL draft. What a stretch. And I, I believe but that. But by the way, Nick Chubb is, is a very good player. Very yeah, good but he's player. not the fifth. He's, he's not, the, he's not the fifth player in the draft. Right. So I, I went like, and I went on like that for maybe like an hour or two um, because he, I didn't say that out loud. Like that was just my thought process. Yeah. And then I got home and was like looking over stuff and I'm like, oh, it was Bradley Chubb. That makes so much more sense. But for about two hours, I really thought that John Elway had lost his mind. Well, they, <laughs> the, the Broncos got a guy who was projected number one overall for the entirety of the season. Yeah, until the quarterback. Uh, until until the quarterback the quarterback game became the headliner of the NFL draft this year. Uh and and Baker Mayfield and the Sam Darnold, the whole the whole fiasco on who they were gonna pick, that just kinda went above and beyond all other conversations. But but stemming from the end of the two thousand and seventeen NFL draft and throughout the entire offseason up to the beginning, maybe middle part of of this year's college football season, Bradley Chubb was projected to be the number one overall pick. And and the Broncos got got their guy. They they, they he he's gonna be a stud for them, especially alongside Von Miller. Right. I mean, he didn't fall to five because he underperformed. He fell to five because other people overperformed. It's exactly a way to look at that. He came in and played this season um like people expected him to. One of my favorite things to look at for defensive players, particularly those on the defensive line, is not tackles for loss, but tackle for loss yardage, right? Like how far did you move the offense back backwards? This season he moved Teams back 103 yards. The length of a football field. Yeah. He moved opposing offenses backwards crazy. over crazy. the course of a season. Yeah, he he definitely is a game changer. And I mean, I think he's NFL ready. Um, that's a conversation for a different day. But I mean, you have Von Miller, you have Bradley Chubb. That's a that's a hell of a defensive Absolutely. line or Absolutely. defensive pass rush. And then you look at six. Um, there's not much to talk about here. They the Colts stacked they up their the offensive line. line. They need a lineman. Andrew Luck gets hurt every single year. Right. And Nelson is. Quinn Nelson is is the best lineman you could have taken. They're walking a fine line between ruining his career and delaying his yes. career. And, and they needed to beef up that yes. line in order to stay on the right side of it. Exactly. And now for the fun one. The Buffalo Bills trade up. They get Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Big hands, big body. Looks good in shorts. What do you what do you think about this pick? Because this was this was something I when they traded up, I was like, they're probably going Allen. He fits their system. I I mean, Rosen probably made more sense at seven. But they go Josh Allen. They go with small school syndrome. They go with the next Carson Wentz, as everyone thinks. I mean, I, I don't know what to think. I, I was very happy they took Josh Allen because they're in the Jets division. 
Um, I think Josh Allen's going to be a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be great. I, I mean, I, I, have, I, I think Buss is written all over him. Yeah, I see Buss written all over him as well. Uh, it doesn't mean that he can't develop into a good player, but you might as well draft me if you're drafting Josh Allen. That's the way I see it, right? I don't have the same body as him, but, but I think when you, and I don't, I mean, I, I do look good in shorts, just not that good. Um, I <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know if anyone does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, not I, as good as Josh Allen. He's really got the shorts look going. Um, but I, I, just, <laughs> I just think if you, it, it, this is a tweet I saw um, by Robert Klemko. I don't really know who that is. Former writer at Sports Illustrated, I guess. I'm looking at his bio right now. But I saw his tweet and I, I, I had to retweet it because it's a very good point. And he says, can we just imagine for a moment if Lamar Jackson had tweeted a derogatory term about white, white people when he was in high school in addition to the word that starts with an F, a derogatory term for gay people, um, and completed 56% of his passes in the Mountain West. Where would he be working this year? And I think that's a really good point. Where would where would Lamar Jackson be working this year if that was what he had? 56% completion percentage in the Mountain West, and a essentially what would, if he was, if, you know, if, if, if this had been framed differently, like a racial tirade on Twitter. Yeah. I, I don't know how... I mean, so, what, he so was like little, 12 years old, A little bit he? of backstory wasn't on he this. 12? It was, he, he was, I, I think, 12 or 13 years old over the time span uh, in which these tweets were released. But he was on Twitter. Uh, he said a number, a myriad of, of derogatory. He said a lot of bad things. Just a lot of things that you are not supposed to say uh, in the first place, but you're especially not supposed to, not supposed to post to a public forum or social media website in which that stuff never goes away. And here's a lesson to be learned is that social media uh, can be the best thing for for yourself and also the worst thing for yourself if you don't know how to portray yourself. And I, I, I get the fact that he was 12, 13 years old uh, when, when all of this was released. He, I think he was older than that. So I'm looking at it right now. He's 21 today. And the timestamp on some of these tweets is 2013, though, for some of them. So okay, so so from 2011 to, to 2013. So maybe 12 to 16. So, yeah, exactly. And so, 16 is a big difference. It is, it is a big difference. Um, and yes, people make mistakes. People are, are, are dumb high schoolers and whatever. But that type of stuff, that that's just... You, you cannot forgive someone for, doing, for, for saying those types of things on a public forum. And then you're in the spotlight, man. You're Josh Allen. You're, you know you're getting drafted in the first round. How do you not have the mindset to even go back and just, you know, scroll delete, through your or tweets just delete your and Twitter. just delete them or delete your Twitter? Right. Like, I, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, but that's a great point that you make, Ryan. If, if, this, if this were Lamar Jackson, uh, it, it might be a totally different story. Uh, you know, he was a Heisman winner, and we'll get to him. I have a lot of strong feelings, and I love that guy. But let's talk about Josh Allen for a little bit. I think that 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 whole Twitter fiasco coming out right before the draft – that that it was just insane to me. The way I see this is essentially a guy who has no track record of success in the sport of football uh, against top competition, and especially if you look at like what he did against Power Five opponents. I have it somewhere in my phone. So while you guys are talking a little more, I'm going to pull it up. But he was awful against P5 opponents in his career. He was bad in the Mountain West, and now he's got this questionable history. I do really I don't understand how you get so high on a guy who really has shown you nothing. Yeah, it's all. I mean, it's all intangibles, and and yep. that's something that a lot of scouts. The rocket arm and the shorts. Yeah, I guess. but no, but the, the, a lot of scouts get wrapped up in this. Wow, if we make Josh Allen, you know, a little bit more accurate, man, this guy could be really good. But when you're 20, 21 years old, how many? How, how can you can you teach accuracy at this age? Most coaches, you can't teach accuracy. You can't improve accuracy when a guy is already fully developed. 
He Josh Allen has yes, there's he's raw and yes, there's room for improvement and yes, he's going to improve with a better coaching staff and an NFL professional one. But, but how much can you really teach accuracy to a quarterback when he is at a, a 21 years old? Right. Well, I, I I think you you bring up a good point. And when you talk about teaching accuracy and teaching those intangibles, I don't even think it's a matter of saying okay, he maybe he has some of those. So this is what I was looking for, and this kind of highlights that um, in 2016 and 2017, Allen played five games against uh, Big Five or ranked teams. He averaged 4.9 yards per attempt, threw for four touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Sheesh. So I don't even see that as like a Sheesh. guy who's shown you flashes of potential. That's just bad. Yeah. There's no justifying that. He was uh, he was 77 of 155 with with the, with a three to one interception to touchdown ratio. Not, not touchdown to interception, interception yeah. to touchdown. It's abysmal. So I don't understand how, you, and then he does 56% completion percentage and, and the rest of the season he had in, in the Mountain West. I just, it's not even to me a matter of teaching him. I just don't think he has it. I don't know why people are so high on him besides the size of his hands, which we've seen is not the best indicator Literally of football the, success. Literally, the, the reason that people are so high on, on him is because of the social media frenzy, I believe, that has surrounded him in wake of... And, I, and I'm just going to say it, the, the podcast, part of my take, has taken him and has run with him and created him into this social media monster. Uh, if you're not familiar, this podcast created a website called DraftJoshAllen.com in which it, literally all it does is lists his intangibles. It has maybe four separate pages. It looks like it's put together by an 11-year-old. And it has four separate pages about how he has big hands, how he's tall, how he has a rocket arm, and how he looks good in shorts. And I think, yes, it's hilarious. People think it's hilarious. But honestly, that has gotten more people to think that he is an elite-style NFL quarterback than than. I've ever seen any PR representative do for any player coming into any draft, period. And it's amazing that that some radio personalities who are extremely hilarious and have a huge following uh, on social media have the power to do something like this. Yeah, I mean, it was something I, it's crazy. I, I, and this and this just developed. This developed over a period of of the last three to four months. It snowballed when they they yeah. just decided, okay, who's the worst quarterback who might potentially go in the first round let's take him and make him into a social media monster and create the illusion that he is the best quarterback in the draft it blows my mind it blows my mind it blows my mind it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense but it's it's i i give it up to them props to them and props to josh allen for for kind of riding along with that mantra and and boy does that boy does like social media and, and getting that presence behind you help and and also, I mean, obviously, we keep bringing it up, small school syndrome, Carson Wentz. Once you get a guy from, you know, a small school and he balls out in the NFL, especially this most recent year, guys are like, oh, wow, maybe we should look at a guy who has the intangibles and maybe could put it all together and be the next Carson Wentz. And they don't realize that of the 10 Carson Wentz's you draft, only one usually ends up being And that Carson Wentz decent. was good. Yeah. Carson Wentz was good. That's the big difference. And still, yeah, you look at guys like Paxton Lynch, who people were really high on. Yeah. It's, it really is actually easier to compete in the smaller conference. That's why you always go with the higher conference, and, and that's something that most teams usually know, but you know, there are always slip-ups. Going at eight, Roquan Smith, outside linebacker, Georgia to the Bears. I like that pick. I mean, he's, they he's need another defensive linebacker. You saw against yeah. 
You saw against Oklahoma all in season, the second half. All season, he Roquan was, Smith was yeah, an animal. He put on his a show. entire career at Georgia. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things. And, and I followed Roquan Smith since he was in high school, actually, because UCLA had, um, I don't know if he had committed or he didn't sign his letter of intent, but he, they, he was very high on UCLA. And Jeff Olberg, who was the linebacker's coach at the time, ended up, interestingly enough, uh, taking a job with the Falcons. And he had committed, he had recruited Roquan, and he told Roquan he wasn't going anywhere. Um, and then I guess it was on um, National Signing Day. He, it he became flipped. public that he that he took the job with the Falcons, and so uh, Roquan flipped to Georgia. And now, interestingly enough, that's where he's ended up. Yeah. Um, but but so I've been following him for a long time, and he has been a beast. Yeah. For his yeah, entire this is, football career. Yeah, he was great in the uh, against against Oklahoma. I mean, it was he put on a uh, he put on a clinic. And pick number nine, McGlinchey out of Notre Dame. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo. You need it. You need to protect him a little bit. Again, funny yeah. enough. Funny enough, actually. Uh, McGlinchey, I know a girl here at Syracuse that's dating his brother, McGlinchey's brother. Really? So she was at she was at like the the whatever, draft party, the, whatever party, yeah, the McGlinchey's cool. had. So yeah, so I like texted her and I was like, oh wow, like <laughs> I didn't even know. One of my friends brought it up. He's like, yo, like, like Sabrina's like boyfriend's brother. Like I just just got drafted number nine overall in the NFL draft, Not and it's just like. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it, you can like just if you know of people, you can find someone who knows someone whose brother went yeah, in the eighth round. But, exactly. You know, but but the, but number nine pick, like number nine, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, really cool. And and then number ten to kick off the top ten, Josh Rosen, Let's Cardinals go. trade up. That was, I mean, they the traded up to the hop the the Dolphins. That was, I mean, that was the smartest pick for the for the Cardinals to make. They they flipped in front of the Dolphins. The Dolphins got Minka Fitzpatrick, who I think that was a phenomenal pick, great value. Right at eleven, but they needed a quarterback, and Josh Rosen was there, and they should have traded up one pick. But you know, the the Cardinals took that next franchise quarterback. Um, obviously, I have my qualms with with Josh Rosen. I don't think he's as good as you think, <laughs> but well, I mean, to me, the legitimate concern that people have brought up, I think that there's maybe. Maybe you could argue two legitimate knocks on his game that I say I see people bring up and I say, okay, that's a legitimate concern about what he can do in the NFL. So those two things would be his inability to give up on plays slash holding onto the ball too long. That that's kind of a combination of, of trying to do too much. And sometimes when the play isn't there, he forces it and that's when he has a lot of his turnovers. The second part of it is his um his injury proneness, if you will. Now I don't think that he has a particularly a particular susceptibility to injuries, I just think he happened to be playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in football for his entire career. That being said, um, he has a career history of injuries, so that's justified if you want to bring it up. And the Cardinals' offensive line is not the best in the NFL, so yeah. there is cause for concern there. But he's going to have Larry Fitzgerald to throw to at least for a season or two. Yeah, uh, He's got David Johnson at running back. He's in a really great situation. He gets to stay Amazing out situation. He gets to play yeah. in great weather. Amazing situation. That's Indoors. that's the best case scenario for right, him. Exactly. So so for him and for the Cardinals, this is great. They just need to shore up their offensive line. And and he's not going to be the starter from day one, so they've got time to do that. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean I think that was the smartest decision they could have made. And and I don't I mean, I'm always concerned because, you know, he didn't win well with UCLA and that's Hard to win when you have legitimately still, the worst rushing offense for yes. three years in college football, and still, the worst offensive line, and the highest wide receiver drop rate in college football. Still, if you're a t- if you're a top ten quarterback, you should be able to win at least. What more you should be able to make a do? bowl game. He even did. In he made a bowl game, and he was injured for part of the season, oh, and he still carried them to a bowl. They lost, and Devin Monster started and played pretty well, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was an, an average, and I, I mean, I, this is something that we can go back no, and no, forth no, you, with you for have a while. Point. You have a point. Um, but I mean, I mean, he's. I think he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think that you know the Cardinals made the best decision they could have made, and I think he's in a great situation. The last quarterback, you know, going all the way down to the end of the first round, big AJ Lamar Jackson. I'm gonna let AJ take the mic on Just this here one. Here we go, baby. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelt. Here we go. Listen, 
I was having the worst draft night ever. The worst draft night. Listen, I... So I, I was texting my dad. I was like, hey, dad, like Ravens need to pick Lamar Jackson at number 16. That's a that's a lock. And then they trade down from number 16. And I'm like, okay, I'm pissed. They didn't pick Lamar Jackson. He was there for the taking. And we just traded down and gave away who I think has the potential to become potentially the best quarterback out of this draft class. Um and, and so they traded down to number 22. They get to number 22. I'm like, all right, Lamar Jackson still on the board. They traded down. They got the picks. They, they literally got a fourth-round pick, uh, and they gave up, I guess, a second, a seventh-round pick in next year's draft. Um, and they get to 22, and I'm like, all right, this is the time. We're drafting Lamar Jackson. End of question. Done deal. And then my phone dies. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? And that, and so I'm I'm with my friend, and I'm like, hey, hey, dude, can I borrow your phone just real quick? I need to go on the ESPN app. I need to see who the Ravens are picking with number 22. And if it's not Lamar Jackson, I am going to be pissed. And so I get on the phone. As soon as I pull up the ESPN app, it says the Baltimore Ravens have traded the number 22 overall pick to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm like, what? They traded again? A second time in the first round, and this time to an AFC North opponent? No, it was, well, 21 was Bengals. Did they have, did 21, they have 21? 21. 21. Okay. So, so, at this point, they trade back to number 25, and they get to 25, and I'm like, all right, here we go, you baby. Already, the, Patriots, the Patriots did not take Lamar they, Jackson there, They passed there up too. on Lamar Jackson, and, and, and I'm like, okay, awesome. So now we traded back twice. We have a myriad of picks that we just got in our back pocket because Ozzie Newsome is a genius. I'll get to that in a second. And then 25 comes, and I'm like, all right, ready for Lamar, ready for Lamar, ready for Lamar. They come up to the stage. At this point, I'm watching it because I'm like, I got to get out of Dodge and go turn on the draft, <laughs> see who the Ravens pick. And they don't pick Lamar Jackson again, again. They pick they pick Hayden Hurst, who, by the way, I'm, I'm very happy in hindsight that we picked him with the number 25. But at this point, I was mad. I was just mad. <laughs> I was mad because, you know, Joe Flacco, he, you could say all you want about him, but he is clearly on the decline of his career. Uh, and, and we need a quarterback. We need a new franchise quarterback. Uh, and I'm speaking we as if I'm associated with the Ravens in any you way, are. shape, or You're form. You are. You're on the team. Yeah, I guess I'm on the yeah. team. You could say that. Uh, I, I'm the Ravens representative. Back up, back up, back up quarterback. You know? Right, right. So so at this point, I'm like, oh, man, this this sucks. So we literally just gave up Lamar Jackson because I know that someone's going to take him the la- with the last couple And the picks. Pats had the 31st And the Pats pick. had the 31st pick, and then they passed on Lamar Jackson. And now it's the Eagles. And now I'm like, okay, maybe Lamar is going to fall to the second round. Maybe he will. And then... I get the notification on my phone saying that the Ravens traded up to 32. Immediately hop on the phone with my dad. I'm like, Dad, if the Ravens do not pick Lamar Jackson right here, right now, I seriously have no clue what I am going to do with myself. I have absolutely no idea. And then they walk up to the stage. Jackson was called. It like I, I was beyond happy. I was jumping up and down in excitement. Listen, this guy, you're getting a Heisman winning quarterback. A guy who not only ha- has has the accuracy, he threw for nearly 60% last season. Um, he's thrown for over 3,500 yards this past two years. He's rushed for over 1,500 yards and over 18 touchdowns the past two years. This is a guy who the Ravens are going to build around. And now they have two first-round picks, Lamar Jackson and Hayden Hurst, coming into an offense that has been reloaded. Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed. 
We have we have oh, new the most elite receivers. Well, well, well. Think know, about I'm this: Willie Snead is is an upgrade over any Ravens wide receiver that we've had in the past two seasons. That much is true. So so, no, they've gotten better. A question about it. I just wanted to give you a hard time. But but all I'm saying is. Hats off to Ozzie Newsom, the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, because this is his last NFL draft. And he is known in the NFL circles of being an NFL draft wizard. A wizard. Let me run you through the picks that Ozzie Newsom have, has some best picks that he's had. Let's hear them. In 1996, the first year of the Ravens' existence, the first round. This is before we've existed. This is the first, yeah. yeah, this is before we even existed. He picked Jonathan Ogden, Hall of Famer, and Ray Lewis, Hall of Famer. possibly the best middle linebacker of all time. And then, to go along that, moving forward, he's picked Ed Reed, Hall of potential Hall of Famer, probable Hall, Hall of, Famer. of Famer, Terrell Suggs, Hall, Hall of, of Famer, Famer. And, then, and then you got guys like Jamal Lewis, who was the best running back in the NFL at one point, Flacco oh, yeah, won him a Super Bowl. Wasn't he the face of Madden? You, and, yep, yep. So, so and, and then Peter Bulware. The list goes on and on. This, this Todd Heap, Ozzie Newsome, hats off to you because you pulled off one of the most amazing first rounds that I have ever seen. Uh, as a Baltimore Ravens fan, as an NFL fan, getting the guy that you want at number 16, at number 32, because because you truly believe that you will be able to trade back, acquire more picks that that led them to have such a, such an outstanding overall draft, and get the guy that you want at yeah. number 32. Yeah, Lamar they Jackson scares me a little bit, sure. but... He scares me a little bit, but I mean, at thirty-two, you have to take it. I have legitimate concerns about Lamar thirteen Jackson. to thirty-one, one hundred and seventy-one yards, two touchdowns, and four interceptions in his last game as a Louisville Cardinal. Right. So I have legitimate concerns for the same reason. When teams were able to get him out of his comfort zone, that is being able to run the football and being able to throw RPOs and read op- and run the read option, he struggled when he was mitigated to purely passing the football. Yeah. Um, the question is. A, can the Ravens develop him as a passer? Because he's still a good passer. He just has to have that comfort yeah, zone. He is that, accurate. That, he is an accurate passer. He just has to be able to run the ball as well, at least at this point in his career, right. to be able to do it. So can right, the Ravens right. either give him the opportunity to run the football or can they develop his ability to pass it? Well, here, here, here's what I have to say about that. And uh, You're drafted a guy who you know is probably the most elusive player in the NFL draft. Yeah, I, don't know if there's, I don't know if there's much discussion about that because he, he can't be touched. When he's on, you know... If he is in his grind and he is getting in his groove, running the ball, he can't be touched and he is out of the pocket, just phenomenal uh, at, at evading sacks and and getting the ball down. Yeah, he had over a hundred rushing yards in all the but three games. <laughs> so so, and this is where I have been led to believe that they were targeting Lamar Jackson all along. Is roughly two weeks ago, the Ravens go out and sign another quarterback. That is of similar nature to Lamar Jackson. That's Robert Griffin III. So they sign a guy whose career in the NFL has been plagued by rushing injuries, rushing-related injuries, to come in and mentor a young player like Lamar Jackson who has a very similar style of play and tell him, hey, Lamar, this is exactly what not to do. This is the path that you cannot take uh, if you want to be a successful and long-lasting uh, NFL quarterback. And I think having a mentor figure like Robert Griffin III there in the Baltimore Ravens facility is the best thing that could possibly happen to a, to a young player yeah, that has a that. very, very yeah. similar style of play. The they Ravens the right know guys. what they're doing. So, so they, they know what they're doing. In, in signing Robert Griffin III, that led me to believe they were picking Lamar at 16. Obviously, I was very frustrated that they didn't. And when they picked him at 32, I'm like, this was the plan all along. 
Yeah. It was the plan all along. And I, you know, who knows if it's going to completely pan out, but I, I totally love the first round for, for the yeah. Ravens. This was a, one of the most entertaining, if not the most entertaining NFL draft we've seen for a while. But moving on to basketball, uh, we got 15 minutes on the post game at WERW. Uh, before we move into the NBA playoffs, uh, I just got a notification on my phone. 2020's top recruit skipping college basketball. Jalen Green, the number one player, plans to skip and head to the NBA. Yeah. There we go. That's the snowball the effect. Yeah, it's just it's after just where, Darius. That's the kind of thing you look at and you're just like, yeah. I mean, it's just it's what happening. else can you say, right? So, there, I mean, the... The uh, the NBA has, has proposed a, a series of rule changes. The NBA PA and, and all that stuff has, has proposed a series of, ru- of rule changes that are going to include um, <clears throat> potentially two to three year required stay in college if you decide to go, uh, but reducing the um, the age limit for the NBA to, to 18 or finishing high school. Yeah. So we're going to see what I've been arguing for for maybe five or six years, a transition more towards what college baseball has um, that's essentially going to benefit both college basketball college basketball players and NBA basketball and high school basketball players. So will the decision to go to college be a little bit more difficult for these guys? Yes, when they have to choose if they're going to be committing multiple years? Absolutely. For the guys on the fence. For everybody else, it benefits them. Yes. And yeah, and that that's just like a quick point I wanted to bring up because, I mean, we talked about this with Darius. But moving toward the NBA playoffs, there, there are two topics I want to talk about before we get to our favorite segment of the betting table. The betting table, um, which is exciting right now. Yeah, Very oh, exciting. Very we'll get exciting. to that. We'll get to that. But the Jazz Thunder series. Right. The big three of Oklahoma City really got taken mm. out by Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. Ricky Rubio put up a triple-double on Russ in one of the games. He was hurt for a part of it, and the Jazz still won. Well, let's I just like – I I mean, we, I think that just, – just right before I open up to you yeah, guys. Yeah, go for it. Three ISO players, just like Syracuse's offense, like we <laughs> talk about all the time. You can't win when you ISO, let's, and I think that's what happened. Let's call it what it is. The Thunder have a big two. Let's stop worrying about what Melo's career has been and look at what Melo's career is. Carmelo Anthony, at this point in his career, relative to the rest of the NBA, is bad at basketball. He does not make his open shots. He didn't do that this season. He does not play well through contact. He's getting a little old and his knees aren't as strong as they used to be. He's out of shape and he doesn't play defense. So this is a guy who right now is bad at basketball. Is he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Does his career before this year speak so many speak in volumes to the, to the type of player he has been his whole career? Absolutely. But Carmelo Anthony today is bad at basketball. Paul George disappeared in two of the games in that series. And Russell Westbrook got cooked by Ricky Rubio, like you said. Donovan Mitchell put Russell Westbrook on the floor. Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons can have Rookie of the Year, even though I hate that. Let's go MVP for Donovan Mitchell. All right? Donovan I think Mitchell, tweeted this that, is and I'm just, on board with that. This is just, you know, Donovan Mitchell. He could not be stopped. Nope, he is. He put on a clinic. He just looked unbelievable. He finally, I mean, I don't know. Like, Ben Simmons, yeah, Rookie of the Year, go ahead. But Donovan Mitchell, my, 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 like, I don't even know what to say. It's he's different. He's, he's different. Is just un, he's just unbelievable. He's like, crazy. I, I he's can't, crazy. I don't know what to say. I'm so, at a loss for words. Funny, how story, good this guy funny is. story about Donovan Mitchell, by the way. I know this is kind of retracting from our conversation about the playoffs, but but one of my one of my closest friends at Syracuse University, right? He is a basketball player. He's on the club basketball team. Shout out to the number one team in the country. They're really good. Uh, yeah, they are really good. really good. And he actually he's like pretty much. I, I'm not going to brag or anything, but he is is. Um, he he's probably the best player on the on the club basketball team, right? And when he was 13 years old, he went to one of these. AAU training camp type of events for a week uh, in New York City. And who was his roommate Donovan for that Mitchell? week? Donovan Mitchell. That's pretty cool. Donovan Mitchell. And 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 
2013, and he claims he claims that he was better than Donovan Mitchell at this point. He right? may have been, and he, which which I could totally see happening. But um, he posted this is a, just funny. He posted in 2013, and he went back in his like Facebook memories on Donovan Mitchell's wall for his birthday, saying "Happy birthday, Donovan." Maybe one day you'll be better at basketball than I am. <laughs> and look at him now. I would I would have commented on that and been I like, LOL, how this is how this has panned out. And look at him but now. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think we just touched upon that. I mean, Russ, me and my friends had this conversation actually um, on Friday uh, at, during Mayfest. Actually, mm-hmm. um, will Russell Westbrook be the best player to never win a ring? And I said no because I don't think he's even close to the best player to never win win a ring because. He hurts his team in so many ways. Russell Westbrook is a paradox uh, in so many ways. And, and I love Russell Westbrook. He is one of my favorite players of all time. I think he can be easily in that conversation as one of the best players to never win a ring. I think everyone who disagrees with that, anyone who wants to say he's not the greatest player to never win a ring, assuming his career continues along the way it has, is justified in saying that. I think I think Steve Nash, I think Right, John so, Stockton. So I think that if you make that, I, like, I think anyone who makes that case is entirely justified, and anybody who makes the case to the contrary that he is is also entirely justified. Russell Westbrook brings so much to the table, but in doing so, he takes so many players out of rhythm, and you have to acknowledge right. that. So it's not about him being a ball hog, and, and, and the narrative is a little misconstrued. It's not that he doesn't pass; it's that you never know when he's going to pass. Yeah. that's the biggest issue with playing with Westbrook. There's not a lot of flow to his game. And so he's going to keep he's you erratic. in as many games as he's going to take you out. Yeah, no, he's as, he's as erratic as you can be. He hurts the team in so many ways. and He helps you in more ways than he hurts you. Oh, but he definitely. Hurts yeah, 100%, but he hurt, yeah, hurts you enough to not win a ring. I, I think that's fair. And so for me, I think it's, I mean, if th- there's a point where given the NBA landscape, landscape allows it and he happens to be on a team with enough talent, he could absolutely win a ring. But at the way the NBA is built today, he's not, he's not going to do no. that. Um, and, and I think we, we go back to Melo a little bit, and I have a lot of love in my heart for Carmelo Anthony. One Syracuse's only national championship as a true freshman under Jim Boeheim. And he's, Probably like the said, great, one of the greatest college basketball players of, of all time. time. And, and, and like I said, he's a, he's, a, he's a lock first ballot Hall of Famer in the NBA. He's a $28 million player option um, after the season, and he's not going to get anywhere close to that no matter where he goes in the NBA. So if he's smart financially, he's picking up that player option with the Thunder. But he said he's not sacrificing taking a bench role in order to stay with the Thunder. If I'm Sam Presti and if I'm Billy Donovan, you yeah. tell him that there is no bench, way bench, 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 you tell bench, him there's bench, no bench. way he plays on this team without taking a bench role and that if he picks up that player option, that's a $28 million contract for a bench player. Yeah. And you let him make the totally. choice whether he's going to... Because if Dwayne Wade... And I, get, I, I reference a lot of things I see on Twitter, but there are a lot of great people who make a lot of great points on Twitter when they're watching games and I love to live watch Twitter as I'm watching games. If Dwayne Wade can take a bench role with the Miami Heat, Carmelo Anthony can do yeah, that. Yeah, Dwayne Wade is... I, it's I, it's yeah. his ego getting in the way. It yeah. really is. Yeah, and Dwayne Wade is... I, I mean, I would say Dwayne Wade might be even better than Melo Well, I, th- I think you could say that too. But the yeah. point being, if a guy like that is willing to take a bench role and actually help his at, team... At, at a team that he's also been at forever. Right, it's so not he, like Melo's with the Nuggets like, still. And he, yeah, and like, like Dwayne Wade should be starting every single game because he's been with Miami for every single game except for you know the past two years, right. and now he's back in Miami. Right. And he came back because he wanted to be back. This is no, this is no Kobe on the Lakers type of thing, which I still think was out of control. Yes, but but even that, like you can justify saying, okay, this is Kobe in his last hurrah with the team he spent his whole career on. Melo just showed up this year, man. So sit on the bench until you can make your open shots. Like I don't know what to tell you. It's a game of production. It's not a game of pride. Yeah, and he's not producing. And 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 you know. Around the same time, Melo came out of the NBA, and now he's, you know, they're thinking bench roll or not. LeBron James is still cooking every single team. 15th year. The Cleveland Cavaliers knocked off the Indiana Pacers, Game 7, 
in, in, in the game, the game was close, a four-point game, but it really wasn't that close. It, it, all, it was never in question that the, the Cavs were win the yes. game. After the first quarter, it felt very comfortable um, for the Cavaliers, and it felt like the Pacers were always trying to rally. You yeah. go back to game six where LeBron had what ended up being called a goaltend and then hit the game. It, it didn't get called a goaltend in the game, but the NBA later reviewed it and said that it was a goaltend. Uh, the game-saving block on Victor Oladipo. Uh, great recovery by LeBron. I do not understand how he recover, recovers that well at this point in his career. Um, and then, wow, I just saw your picks, AJ, for the betting table, and I, I, I got a lot to say. We're going right. to get there in a second. But I was just going to say, and then you see the game-winning shot, and, and he, that shot goes up, and I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm sitting with one of my friends, and he gets up and he's screaming, oh my goodness, how does he do it? And I just wasn't surprised. No. One of the most miraculous game-winners in a decade in playoff basketball. Yeah, I know. I said when I, when he shot that shot, I, I turned to my friends. I go, "It's in." I did like what that little kid did, where it was like, "Game." Yeah, yeah, I, I was like, that. I was like, I looked and I go, "That's in." I, there was no question in my mind even that, if, that I he missed even that. So it wasn't even about the and I and that's the fact that you can be that confident is incredible. But for me, it wasn't even about the confidence that he was going to make it. It was just the fact that it's LeBron. Yeah, James. he did that. That's what he does. Yeah, he no is. Surprise. Yeah, I don't know why anyone questions. He's not the greatest of all time. He's the greatest of all time. I mean, obviously, we can't we can't tell because we didn't watch Jordan in his heyday. We only watched, you know, back film. We talked about this a little bit, but yeah, LeBron James is the greatest of all time. But moving toward our best segment of our, our favorite segment in our, our last show the, uh, ever until next semester because we will be back in force. Right. Um, the betting table. So just just a little recap. Uh, I'm officially out of the season thing. I'm 19 and 20. You guys are 23 and 20 and 16. So you guys have a chance to win the free meal. Now the betting table bobblehead. I'm four and five, and AJ is seven and two, and Ryan is five and four. So I have to pick every pick against Opposite. AJ. And so that's a- what I did. <laughs> and AJ is smart because he only ha- because if he picks this two picks the same as me, I cannot win. So the you have to you have to change you have to change one of your picks if I want the bobblehead. Do you want but the bobblehead? T- well, but I also want dinner, and if I want dinner, but what's more important, the bobblehead or the dinner? The dinner is more possible. It's more feasible. So for you know, me, so for AJ, right, he would have to go one and two, um, and I'd have to go three and zero oh to win the bobblehead, and he'd have to go two and one, and I'd have to go three and zero oh to tie. So wait, the if bobblehead. you go, but hey, if you hey, go, hey, if you go, let's two- let's let's just retract. Let's let's take a couple of steps back here, and let me let you know that this was not purposeful at all. I am just genuinely picking who I believe is going to win. Well, then great minds think alike. So there you go. So, okay, so but um, whatever the case, it's worked well for you because essentially, if I commit to my picks, you've locked up the bobblehead. So, guaranteed. so we're gonna, so we'll see if Ryan changes his picks uh, that we see on this paper right now that you guys can't see. Um, the, the opening up game one, Philadelphia 76ers against the Boston Celtics. I'm gonna go against AJ because <laughs> I need three wins and he needs to lose every single game. So I'm going the Boston Celtics. I'm going with the home team. I there's no way you know I'm just gonna go home team on all of this I I need the win <laughs> I don't really think the Boston Celtics are gonna win but I need I need the bobblehead here so oh wait also we have to talk about tiebreaker oh yeah if so there's a tiebreaker tie because it's more likely that they're well we've kind of avoided that now actually because AJ well no if I go if I go perfect and AJ goes over three then I win the bobblehead, bobblehead? okay let's say I that tie happens. the bobblehead how do we pick how do we pick yeah how do we pick. Rock, paper, scissors. Two out of three? No. Salt, Just one. Sudden death. Right. Paper, sudden death. Live, live streaming on Twitter. Rock, paper, scissors. Yep. Shoot. It's on shoot. Yeah, it's on, you it's hit on three shoot. times. You it's say rock, paper, scissors. scissors and when and you say shoot, shoot, it opens yep. up into your hand. Okay, exactly. or, or, what, 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 or what if we just take a series? No. No, no. 
No, it's rock, paper, scissors. Death, rock, paper, scissors. I don't like this. One game. Or battle, like this. Rock, or battle to the death. One of the exactly. Games. I'm down for battle to the death. Like like, like some Black Panther uh, <laughs> right. type stuff. Some Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Have you seen it? I've no, seen they've it. seen it. You guys are going to talk out of this. No spoilers, no but spoiling oh my me. goodness, if you haven't seen it yet, go, go see okay. Avengers I'm going Celtics. Uh, AJ, you're going 76ers. I'm going 76ers. I just think this might be the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, I can totally see them going to the finals, being the Eastern Conference representative. Uh, and, and the Celtics could potentially be without Jalen Brown. So... I'm picking the 76ers for this game. If I'm not mistaken, uh, they are picking them. Brown. They are without Jalen Brown, and and I am gonna say that they're gonna win the series. That's just my opinion, but not for the betting table, but for the game. I'm picking the 76ers. Yeah, I've got the Sixers in this first game too. The Celtics are undefeated at home through the playoffs so far. Brad Stevens is one of the two best coaches in the NBA, and the Celtics have one of the deepest rosters in the NBA. But there's not with the way they're depleted at this point. I don't see them being able to compete. Uh, with the 76ers in a series, um, regardless of where they're playing, yes, they're at home, so there's a higher chance they maybe pull one, pull this one out. Uh, but I got to pick. I don't. I don't. I, I still don't like the rock paper scissors. I, I don't. I don't want to do it. We can flip a coin, or I can pick. How about how, how about, about I pick? <laughs> what the person who's not how about, I pick? Wait, no. How about how about we uh, AJ? Yep. How about we pick? You think the 76ers are going to win the Eastern Conference? No, you can't because it's that's not going to happen until we're we're gone from school. But, but, but then we we can just decide that we can get the bobblehead for next semester show. First show. You, if you think the 76ers are going to win the Eastern Conference, I think the Cavs are. So do you want to do that? But what if neither or do you think the Cavs are going to win still? I, I think that the Cavs are going to win okay. still. I think the 76ers have a shot, and they're the best all right, team. All right. the how about, how about right Warriors now. Rockets? All right. I picked the Warriors. All right. You know what? All right. Rock, we'll paper, scissors. No, rock we'll talk, paper, scissors. We'll talk about why this another take, time. Why don't we take an executive poll? Why don't we just, us three, we all have a say. All in favor of rock, paper, scissors? Say aye. No. This aye. is bad radio, but I'm in favor of, of <laughs> rock, no, paper, scissors. No, 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 no. We're it not rock, paper, scissors. Okay, let's, let's move on from you're this. Gonna get the, let's move right, on All right, 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 right. Cavs at Raptors. I'm going Raptors. Hometown team. Cavs have struggled on the road uh, against the Pacers. Raptors are much better than the Pacers. I'm going to go Raptors. I'm going Cavs for the same reason that you are picking the Cavs to win the Eastern Conference is LeBron James. Uh, I went with the Cavs. This was the hardest one for me to pick uh, of these two basketball games. You're gonna go Cavs. The uh, yeah. That's so that so you're not you're gonna go for the you can't win the bobblehead. Yeah, I want dinner. All right, that's um, that's a respectful move. Yeah, right. I'd, I'd happily split. He can have a bobblehead. I'll have dinner. There you go. The bobblehead's um, so much better than a dinner. The, the worst case scenario. Hey, you don't know what kind of dinner I'm gonna get. <laughs> oh, I'm not taking you to a steak dinner. Get out of here. Like Cheesecake Factory, maybe. Hey, that works. I'm worst ca- that. worst case scenario though um, is AJ wins both and then. I'm sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm taking the Cavs because I think that the Raptors, while they're better than the Pacers, the Raptors are a better matchup for the Cavs. I can't bet against LeBron James, but the Raptors could easily pull this one out. And the last one, Bruins at Lightning, an area that, an area that you know, we don't really have as much knowledge about. I know the Rangers, and they stunk this year, so I kind of like just pulled myself from the NHL. I'm going to go Bruins because AJ's not going Bruins, so I'll just let you guys give somewhat of your why you're picking well, your so this teams. Well, this is it. This is, this is, so this it all comes down dinner. to this. For dinner, if the Bruins win, I get dinner. Right. If because, the Lightning wins. Because Ryan and I are both 23 and 16 on the season. And we took the first two uh, picks of the betting table this and, and we picked the first two games the same, so this is, this is it. This is what it all comes down to. And just in the sake of fair competitiveness and because I like you, I'm, I'm going to pick the Lightning, not because I know anything about hockey, because I don't, but I'm just going to I'm gonna do it because I think that it would be fair. Lightning are down one nothing in the series, so they do need a so win. So they do need a and, win. And they need a and win. And sheer competitiveness back at you, and because, unfortunately, I like you. Um, 
it, it, I, I'm going to pick the Bruins, knowing nothing about hockey, because when we decided to pick this game, we just, Charlie was just like, hey, what about this series? And we both, it was the Golden Knights series. We both said Golden Knights right off the bat. So we like, oh, yeah. that doesn't work. And then he said, hey, this series. And we both picked the other, like the opposite teams. And we we're like, that's the one. It's That's essentially the one. That's the one. So, so for, your, for your listeners at home, it's Lightning Bruins. They're going to decide who gets the dinner. I got to go with the On W-E-R-W. This is the post game for our last show ever. I want to thank everyone. Not ever. Not ever. Oh, oh, ever for the semester. My bad. <laughs> we will see you next semester. I thank you for, you know, a great, a great year, or, or a great semester, boys. Thanks and to thanks our for the listeners. Thank you guys.